The following podcast may contain adult language and conversations revolving around situations not suitable for immature audiences. Spoilers and general political incorrectness can often be expected, so listener discretion is advised. They must be destroyed on sight! Hey, I'm Michael Bay, and when I'm not making soulless, corporate pieces of shit that crap on your childhood, I listen to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, a movie podcast. Cue the explosions! Alright, so we're um, live here on G+. Uh, don't expect any anybody to show up and ask questions, but I do have the... Uh, YouTube thing open, just in case. Um, we're doing uh, another episode of They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, and I'm here with Paul this time around. So how you doing, Paul? How you doing? Doing pretty good. Good. Here we are tonight. He's got a steak. Uh, for those listening at home, you won't be able to see this, but he's got a picture of a steak that he f- dropped on the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Still going to eat it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about werewolf uh, films this time around. Uh, we're not going to get too in-depth. Uh, as far as they go, you know, we're not going to have a entire fucking retrospective of the genre. Although I think some, at some point I might want to do an episode like that about some sort of subgenre of horror films where I get really into detail and shit like that. But um, basically, we're going to be talking about essentially the the werewolf films we like and the werewolf films we don't like. And uh, this is this I think this one's going to be dominated a lot more by Paul because he's much more of a werewolf film aficionado than I am. I think it's your it's your favorite horror genre, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Unless you have anything else you uh, want to add or talk about first, we can just jump right into you uh, getting into your list of werewolf films you like. Okay, well, if you want to, I can just uh, start off the little program here with an opener and then just jump into it. All right, cool. Okay. So I figure we can just go right into um, starting the show off is werewolves. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this has been something that's been in every culture across the world in different forms. It's spanned the beth of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, started the earliest thing we could know is the King Lycan that uh, tried to trick Zeus into eating human flesh, so he turned him into a wolf. That's why lycanthropy, we have that. Yeah, and then of course you know throughout the annals of history we had different sicknesses where people blamed it on werewolfism and uh, salves, magic curses, uh, hypotrichosis, the disease that grew many different hair all over people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the early um, we're going into the werewolf movies that we know and love now. Uh, basically, in the early 1900s, Kurt Seidmach uh, revamped the idea of the werewolf, put in his own little twists and turns, and basically created what we know as the more typical werewolf we see today. The idea of silver bullets and the full moon, things like that, that weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't typical ideas back then. And, of course, he's the one who wrote the screenplay for the epic uh, The Wolfman in 1941. Yeah. Um, and I think he was the one who introduced the idea of uh, 
sort of the satanic uh, pentagram as well. Yep, uh, the symbol of the werewolf being. Yeah. Pentagram. Yep. See those? So those iconic things are, are not as old as actually people thought they were. Mm. Because, you know, maybe people forgot, well, thought he got them from some place old, but really he just poetic license to a certain yeah. extent. But yeah, and that's the kind of interesting thing. And uh, once I've watched werewolf movies, from then on, you could see now and again they pull out some of the older stuff. Yeah. And yeah. they try not to stay with the Kurt Siemak ideas of how werewolves become werewolves. Let's go back. Uh, let's just start off. Uh, I want to start old. Mm-hmm. Let's start with some good ones. Um, I'm going to go to 1935, um, Werewolf of London. Oh, yeah, okay. I do enjoy the Henry Hall film. Um, travels to Tibet to find a flower. He's a, uh, a, a botanist. He um, travels to Tibet to find a flower that only grows in a certain valley, and it mm-hmm. blooms under the light of the full moon, which is weird. Um, <laughs> but it happens to be also a... Um, Temporary, or at least a something that uh, dulls the effects of werewolfism. And when he's up there, he actually gets attacked by a werewolf. And uh, and uh, he manages to survive, bring the flower home, grow it in a false moonlighted environment. And then the werewolf, a very actual, very respectable looking gent, comes up. And actually, that's the werewolf that attacked him, trying to get the flower back. Yeah. And uh, so it's a battle between the two, the two uh, werewolves in it. It's actually a pretty nice film. And unfortunately, because the werewolf is taking him over, it makes him kill the one he loves. So he tries to go after his wife, and it it didn't work out for him. Let's just say that. <laughs> Which is interesting because at the end, his final breaths are still in werewolf form. Because you know who couldn't take off makeup that quick? Yeah. And uh, but there's a speaking werewolf, so that's like the first speaking werewolf on film, which I cool. thought was a little interesting that twist to have him talk at the end without being completely changed back to human. Yeah, that's, that's neat. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one in a long time. So uh, the makeup artist there, of course, is uh, is the one that gets noted for the Wolfman all the time, but Jack Pierce. Yeah, yeah. He did the also the Henry Hall makeup, uh, He, which is kind of interesting because obviously the next film I would go to is The Wolfman of 1941, mm. but it's nice to see they did a. They actually did something pretty cool. Now you can see how he kind of worked it out. He he went balls wild in 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 the Wolfman a little bit more so than in mm-hmm. Wolf of London. Jack Pierce did, but Jack Pierce they actually did a really good transformation. I mean it's it's obviously freeze frame, stop frame, mat shots. Yeah, yeah. But he did it as he moved through this corridor. So the shadows were moving and he was moving and it looked very nice. I liked it for that. Not so much as like the head on the pillow shots, like the Wolfman. Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. Like those kind of freeze frames. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, that, that was that was that was a pretty uh, ingenious uh, uh, way to do the transformation. I gotta say, like that back then when they didn't really have special effects per se in movies, um, you, you really did have to rely on camera tricks and stuff like mm-hmm. that to really make it work well. Yeah, and uh, that's what I liked about it, and you can see some of that in. Um, uh, well, actually, half of it's pretty funny. Um, they'd even do those little... It's just those little nuances of uh, in-and-out camera tricks that make it really nice. Um, even in the uh, one we'll talk about later that's very new, does a little bit of a surprise, surprise like that. Hmm. Everything's not in your face. Yeah. Uh, you see a lot of that in the Paul Nashe films where you know he'll turn around, camera shot, turn back, more change happens, this and that, fall down, get back up. Yeah. Those are nice. Those are nice. Um, Let's see, what are we going to go down next? This horrible road we just started traveling. 
<laughs> Let's go. Uh, we're not going to go uh, chronologically anymore because I just got bored of that. All right. Uh, but uh, let's say we got the Wolfman down. The Wolfman, um, Lon Chaney Jr., mm-hmm. 1941. Yep. Jack Pierce. That's. I mean, it's an iconic. Claude Rains, who also played the Invisible Man. It's one of the best films that I, I, I know from that era that I like. I just like yeah. the acting. I like the nuance. I like the, the cliché almost now because everything has the universal monster trademark. Uh, there's the oh how 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 misty can we get this forest? <laughs> there's no yeah. forest in the world with this much mist, but we're gonna do it. And every tree is dead, no matter what. <laughs> and I love it. It's pretty good. Maria Open Sky. I played a great uh, gypsy. I mean, everything kind of worked for me. Yeah. What do you think about it? Oh, I, I really like it. it I mean, it, it's undoubtedly a classic. Uh, it's amazing. Um, it only runs like 70 minutes, but mm. they really and it's, so it's pretty nonstop. Like it's not a it's not a boring film at all. It's like it really just gets from point A to point B really quickly, and I mean the special effects for the time are top notch, and they still look good today as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, I can't I can't say I'm necessarily a big fan of the uh, werewolf movies that would follow it, like some of the other universal werewolf films I yeah. think are kind of lesser. Like there's, uh, the one that comes to mind right away is uh, what werewolf meets Frankenstein's Frankenstein monster. Frankenstein versus the werewolf yeah, meets, yeah. meets the wolfman. Yep. Um, that's also preceded by another actual pretty good film. This one would definitely be able to check out is House of Dracula. Okay. That one is actually pretty interesting, and you actually get it, they call it House of Dracula, which is really interesting. But really, Dracula's in it for about three seconds, and he dies in sunlight. And it's actually, which is really actually fun because it's the only time I saw John Carradine play oh. Dracula. Oh, okay. I I've heard of that film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has a beautiful mustache. And, uh, <laughs> well, the original, the original Dracula did have a mustache in the book. Yeah, yeah, he's got a, he's got a hell of a mustache. And uh, and unfortunately, he dies in sunlight. He's trying to trying to get back his coven because basically, and I, and well, here's the thing: is it's got it's got Lon Chaney playing the Wolfman. It's got Dracula in it for a while. You got to see John Carradine doing his stuff. Mm-hmm. And Boris Karloff is actually a mad doctor that. <laughs> that is, 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 is he's a made he's a he's an es, es, escaped escaped lunatic lunatic. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Glenn Strange playing the monster. Okay. So you have a very good cast, a very good solid cast of people acting, and you have um, just good good old hair, good old Universal special effects. Um, anytime they they pull out their Frankenstein wardrobe and their uh, special effects uh, machines with the lightning and the bolts and this and this, I always just sit back and, and, I'm, and I'm ten again watching it. Yeah, um, the the one uh, Dra- Dracula uh, meets the Wolfman or whatever uh, played the monster in that one, uh, or not Dracula, um, Frankenstein and the Wolfman. Um, I think that the um, what, wasn't I, it? I want to say that was Karloff again playing the. Playing Dracula. It was, that it was either it was either either Karloff or Lugosi. One of the other was playing it. Or was that Lugosi in that one? Might have been, but they there was there was a mistake in that film. Um, the the script originally called for the monster to be blind, and so when you but they sort of cut out that explanation in the actual film. But mm-hmm. he still played the monster as blind, so you see it running around with brain damage and blind with its mm-hmm. arms stretched out. Definitely a a lot different than the monster from the original Frankenstein. And, they, and I actually had a different outfit on, too, 
head too. Yeah. Had more like a big fur outfit on. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the different ones. It's interesting though because I remember. Or was that Bride of Frankenstein? I can't remember now because. Uh. They they all sort of meld together with me because I, I think a Bride of Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein isn't even in it for more than like mm-hmm. a couple minutes at the most. And there's also Ghost of Frankenstein too, where Lon Chaney plays the the creature. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's so many alterations of that film. It's un- unbelievable. Or the monster anyway. Yeah. Uh, Lon Chaney's the only one who actually played every single uh, monster. Okay. Uh, he played every every monster in the universal category at some point in time, which is actually yeah. pretty interesting. The um, lumbering Hulk thing works out pretty well for him. And uh, yeah. if you li- if you like Lon Chaney, there's a film he did previous to this called Man Made Monster. Oh yeah. That's actually I haven't been able to find it yet, but I'm trying to look for it um, to buy. Hmm. But that was his first film where he played a. I think it was for Universal, Man Made Monster. And um, if you really like Lon Chaney and you like the old uh, TV serials, uh, he actually plays in a show called uh, the Under the Undersea Kingdom. Hmm. And it's really it's really great. And the good guys hail like they're Hitler. <laughs> so the good guys hail with one. This is ridiculous. The good guys hail with one arm, and mm-hmm. the bad guys hail with two arms. Oh well, there you can tell the difference. <laughs> Put your damn hand down. You're a bad guy, aren't you? I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. And uh, Lon Chaney plays one of the the chief assistant bad guy, rough him up kind of guys. Captain, okay. one of the captain of the guards. He plays that role. Um, you can see a lot of him because uh, he used to be a stage uh, stuntman. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of stunts, so that's why he was good for that role. Right on. Uh, so we'll get back to werewolves here. We kind of diverged from it quite well, a bit. You have to do the, uh, you know, have to talk about the Cheney and the and all its yeah. little universal goodnesses. Well, but we'll get to uh, another one on your list here. Yep, let's kick right up to uh, uh, Curse of the Werewolf. Let's go right up to 1981. Curse of the Werewolf. It was uh, written off the novel A Werewolf in Paris of Paris, mm-hmm. which I've never read that. But I have to assume it's it's loosely based on the kind of the Jevoudan. Uh, maybe he got the inspiration to write it because of that. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed. Uh, I guess it was directed by Terence Fisher. And oh, so you're thinking of the 1961 Curse of the Werewolf? Did I, what am I? What do I keep on saying? You said 81. 81. Sorry, 1961. Yeah. Um, Curse of uh, the Werewolf. And the makeup artist then for for him because obviously the 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 beasts are the things that should be more recognized. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the guy who created that was uh, Roy Aston. Okay, and this is the this is the hammer. The uh, hammer. Yes. I think, the, I think it's the only one they did, did didn't they? Then they only did the hammer. One? Yeah, I um because Amicus did two other ones, mm-hmm. um, but that were hammer esque, but weren't hammer films. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, The Beast Must Die and yep. Legend of the Werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Right then, um, I skipped over a, a little decade here, and I'll go back to it quick. Uh, okay. Sam Katzman, uh, he's a little bit of a known actor. He, I think he was in The Giant Claw, things like that. Oh, yeah. And um, he, in 1956, he did The Werewolf, which was um, an interesting film based <laughs> off of uh, radioactivity. Oh, yeah. Yes, he got some um, some sh- some experimental shots to try to bring out the beast in people and stuff like that that the the doctors were working on, uh, trying you know trying to make money for the government, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, 
that's what turned him eventually into the werewolf. Huh. And he would go in and out of it, uh, just like in um, uh, another film from the 50s. I do believe it was the 50s, which was uh, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Yeah, 57. Uh, Michael Landon. John, no, Michael Landon, which used uh, the rage control. Yeah, it was hypnotherapy or something, hypnotherapy. wasn't it? Hypnotherapy, yeah. rage control, and every time he heard the sound of a loud bell, he would transform. Because good thing he was in school, because <laughs> when you're supposed to leave, they used to ring, I don't know, what was it called? A bell. That would be mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, he's killing cheerleaders left and right. It's a good time. Yeah, the, the, I think that was one of the first movies to uh, feature a, a Playboy Playmate uh, as, as a female victim in a horror movie, mm -hmm. too. She was the, the one She was the one in the gymnasium. Yeah, yeah. Yep, doing lewd things. Yeah, lewd things. Bending and contorting. Those tight, revealing clothes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> For 1950s, anyway, I guess. You leotard-wearing minks. Yeah. Indeed. There was also another one of the same title, but it was more of a brainwashing kind of thing. It was actually called She-Wolf of London. I thought I'd mention that quick, too. Yeah, okay. But it was more of a woman. They were trying to drive her insane by seeing if she would fall victim to the idea she was a werewolf so they could lock her up. Ah, uh. Okay. Um, just a little bit after the uh, the Universal craze th went through, there was a resurgent, and out came uh, Return of the Werewolf. Okay. Return of the Vampire. Return of the Vampire, oh. which featured uh, Bela Lugosi as Dracula, mm -hmm. I, do, I do believe. And a very interesting, more of a schlocky version of what Dracula <laughs> would be, I think. <laughs> I think the film doesn't really capture the original Dracula very well. But it's pretty interesting that the werewolf in that one is another speaking werewolf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he speaks the whole th way through the film. I thought it was pretty interesting. He had more of a... Uh, if you look at the Sam Katzman werewolf, it's a little bit more along on the, those styles of like just a short-faced, big, big fang, spiky-eared kind of a interesting-looking werewolf. It's pretty yeah. interesting. Um, let's see, going through it uh, some more, unless you want to stop me and, and work on something else. Uh, I, w I don't want to jump into the 80s already, but right. I, might, I might have to. <laughs> this might get crazy. Uh, I want to save some of the Nashay stuff for just a little run-through. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, so, it goes through... Doo -doo -doo. Um, two films came out after that um, in the 70s. It was Moon of the Wolf and Scream of the Wolf Werewolf. Mm, I, uh, and, I, uh, I watched Moon of the Wolf this Moon past the Wolf. week. Yeah. I believe the the one is more of like a Louisianan werewolf. It was actually mm -hmm. based off of in Louisiana, and then it's a it's a traditional werewolf movie. You know, some guy gets bit, all of a sudden, no one believes him, and boom, he's a werewolf. And then the other one actually is a mistaken identity slasher. Yeah. Which uh, a guy is using a uh, German shepherd he trained to kill to uh, to do his crimes, which is actually pretty interesting. I found both those movies. Um, they sort of feel like. Uh Charles Pierce films. Mm -hmm. you know, a little of, bit. Yeah, they, they sort of remind me of that same sort of ideas like the Boggy Creek and Town That Dreaded Sundown, just the way they're kind of shot and everything and the way they're acted. Yeah, we get into a, a, a very fun one. There's uh, three in a row that I'll talk about. They were from the 70s um, when everyone was on too many drugs to worry about making a movie. Uh, <laughs> Werewolf on Wheels. Werewolf oh, yeah. on Wheels. That's a pretty interesting one. Biker gangs going and, and doing what biker gangs do. Um, and run um, and run into a, a pack of satanic worshippers. They do a couple of curses, drink some 
get them really drunked up and transform them into werewolves. Yeah. On wheels. <laughs> so you can kind of go with You can see where that's going. Biker gang of werewolves, which is pretty interesting. Um, Children of the Full Moon, which is actually really not that bad of a movie. Mm. Um, a bunch of uh, a, a British couple goes on holiday, what the Americans like to call a vacation. <laughs> and uh, and they actually go and uh, end up uh, running into a, a pack of uh, a house full of uh, um, motherless children oh, yeah. uh, be, being sought after by a and Somerset and uh, getting sought after by a woman and uh, a mysterious man that's supposed to own the place that nobody knows. Uh, well, uh, during their you know, because for some reason, even if you're you know lost, stranded, and, and worried about your car, you still have sex randomly in a in a in a, <laughs> in a strange person's home. While that is trying to go on, uh, the man uh, gets knocked out basically, and a woman ravaged by something, no one knows what. Turns out she's impregnated by the father werewolf, and uh, and is is drawn back to the house, uh, you know, dying from pregnancy. And of course, the the man trying to rescue her gets uh. Well, he gets chopped by, up by an axe by a werewolf because he doesn't have teeth or claws or anything like that, but he's got an axe, so he's good. <laughs> but it's pretty interesting. It's actually not that bad. It's actually available if you can find it on VHS. Um, I don't know if you ever had a DVD release, but you can find it on uh, Elvira's uh, Thriller video. So if you actually can find it, it's pretty pretty good. And actually, owning those Thriller video things are actually pretty cool. I, I want to get more of them. But they're kind of expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, for you know collectors and stuff like that. Werewolf of Washington, Dean Stockwell. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Another Elvira. That's on DVD though. An Elvira uh, movie macabre classic. Mm-hmm. You can see um, it. Um, I think we mentioned this before in a previous uh, episode. You can you can see it uh, at uh, Shout Factory. They got their sort of semi Netflix service up and running now, where they mm-hmm. uh, feature some of the stuff in their catalog. And uh, it's all free, and it works just as good or better than Netflix. Uh, they've got a buttload of the Elvira ones, and they got uh, Werewolf of Washington there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then if you see it on DVD, it's with a Doomsday Machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one. Is uh, this one is a is a really um, uh, if great if you like Rollins and and uh, Jean Rollins and Jess Franco films. Those kind of like why why are you showing all this Bush and uh, and then uh, you know nudity. <laughs> Well, what do you mean? Why? You know, like that's the answer. Well, then watch this one. Uh, it's uh, the werewolf woman. Oh yeah. Uh, just anger and uh, rape and guilt and this and this and this and she just for some reason because of uh, just the craziness and some uh, little satanic ritual she turns into a werewolf and and not a good one either. No. Basically, she turns into something where she has a couple bits of uh, 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 Q-tips or whatever, or cotton balls, like glued to her arms, and she's mm-hmm. completely naked with like this fake muzzle strapped to her nose. Yeah, they they weren't. And it works anybody. perfectly fine for me. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, uh, those those were. Uh, I, I I watched that one as well. Although the version on YouTube that I watched was all in Italian. <laughs> but it's not like you needed the dialogue to get what nah, they were trying to you do. You weren't missing that much stuff. <laughs> um, and then uh, the one that I was going to talk about, the Amicus release, which has Peter Cushing's in it. And, and you know, any film with Peter Cushing is definitely worth to sit down and watch, mm-hmm. um, is Legend of the Werewolf. Yep. Basically a boy that was uh, 
taken into the wild. He was raised by wolves, that kind of idea. Yeah. And for some reason, that changed his metabolism, mentality, this and this, where he could transform when he gets upset into a werewolf. Uh, I don't know how that would ever work, but you're not supposed to worry about that thing, those kind of things. But it had that Romulus and Ramus uh, vibe where mm-hmm. the two boys were taken in and suppled by a she-wolf. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. That's got those uh, POV attack shots where the, it's yeah. all red, right? Where yeah. it's all it's all first person. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, let me just kick it right back up since I know you don't want to spend too much time. We're going to kick it all the way up to my year of birth, 81. And we're going to go right over to The Howling. Joe Dante directed The Howling, um, based off the novel by uh, uh, Gary Bernard. Uh, loosely based, very loosely based. They basically yeah. said, okay, some guy, I can't remember who wrote the original screenplay, but basically they just copied the, the, the novel word for word almost. Mm-hmm. And and the Joe Dante was like, okay, a bunch of rape scenes and this and this and then, okay, we're gonna do something different. And so they did. They did film rape scenes. They did film like all these different things where a girl gets a plunger rubbed into her while guys are holding her down. But they just never put it into the shot. Really, they put very little, little bits of 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 that, and they used it as a film that Eddie Quist turned on when they were in the 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 film booth. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, they they shot those films. To try to to match the original screenplay, and like they're like this is ridiculous. Screw this. Put your clothes back on. <laughs> and uh, and then they actually used just that little snippet of stuff they used in the film, though, in the in the snuff film scene, in the uh, in the in the snuff box, watching the watching the dirty dirty films. Yeah. Um, so that was a pretty good great storyline, I think personally for a, for a werewolf film. Great transformations. So probably is it is it is my favorite werewolf film. All right. So. Yeah, um, that was a good year for werewolf films. It was a good year for slasher films too. It's like both both crazes sort of happened at the same time. Yeah, I mean, Halloween two, Friday the Thirteenth Part two with uh, Jason came out in 1981, but then you have the the beast the beast within, which is not a werewolf, but it's got that kind of in monster transformation vibe going on to it. A couple different books were released that year. Uh, the Werewolf by Night thing was going the comic book. Mm-hmm. And then um, you had American Werewolf in London with John Landis and the art special effects artist Rick Baker, which uh, modeled, I guess, modeled the werewolf after his dog Oscar, <laughs> uh, Irish Wolfhound, which was pretty interesting. That came out in 1981, another great film, probably one of, in my top five great films of werewolves. Yep. And then, uh, of course, The Howling in 1981 as well. Uh, I had a, I have a VHS. I have two different VHSs. One says 1980, but the original VHS that I have, that from the original release of it says 1981 on it. So I'm gonna have to go with that one. Yeah, I think 1981 <laughs> is the uh, is the is the actual date. So. Yeah. So the same the same year, um, a Nashe film. I think it was Curse of the Devil. That actually came out in 1981 as well. So that was another mm-hmm. werewolf film in the same year. I've actually got his list of films right here in front of me. Curse of the Devil. No, I don't see that. Return of the Wolf Man, Night of the, which is also known as Night of the Werewolf and the Craving. Night of the Werewolf. The Craving, yeah. I have that on VHS. Yeah. And also uh, in 82, he had uh, Good Night, Mr. Monster. Okay. So he just skipped that one. One that came out in 1980, another one is called Full Moon High, which is a suave, debonair, werewolf, Italian boy. Trying to live life in his crazy mixed up high school. I've never seen that one. I don't think you want to. 
<laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I don't think you want to. But that was enough talking about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is 1982, not 1981, but Wolf. Uh, Wolfen. You have to check me on that one. Yeah, um, I'll just do a quick check here. Finn. And the and uh, was it Albert Finn? Something? Yeah, uh, Albert Finney. Yeah, um, Albert, yeah, Wolf in '81. Yeah, '81. So that one came out in '81 as well. So there you go. Yeah. Knew there was another was pretty good. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, unfortunately, we were talking before um, the later um, sequels of The Howling Part Four, mm-hmm. the original Nightmare. Yeah. It's it plays closer to the original screenplay, which plays mm-hmm. closer to the actual novel, which is different yeah. than the Howling Part One. And same thing with Wolfen. The novel is far different from the actual movie. Yeah. And uh, the novel actually would be a great film if I could act, if you could get someone to pull it off correctly, because those beasts were very beast like, if you know what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah, they were they were more the actual like just large wolf version of a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um the, I guess they were I guess um, Essentially, you could call them skinwalkers or whatever. Yeah, right basically, yeah, Yenda Loshi's, uh, the yeah. Navajo skinwalker idea. And, uh, yeah, that's exactly what they would have been, more tri- tri- tribe-like original inhabitants of North America. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, that's it's still a really good uh, movie. You write the books way better, though. Um, as, far, as far as The Howling uh, Part 4... Um, yeah, that's essentially a remake of part one, and it tries to stick to the original book a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess they even were originally going to imply that the uh, main character was raped in that one, but they never really get around to it. They just sort of cut that out of the movie again. Yeah. Overall, they're they're not bad movies. Um, I know that you appreciate uh, Howling 2 quite a bit. Yeah. Christopher uh, Lee, I... Sybil Danning, always naked, happy man. Yeah, uh, I mean, that movie knew exactly what its audience was, especially if you stay right to the end credits. You just see exactly what this whole movie could have been. <laughs> over and over again, rip the top off, rip the top off, rip the top off. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is probably the best film ever made. It's so blatant. It's, it's just but so if, blatant. If you, if you do like enjoy watching Sybil Danning being Sybil Danning, there's a, a I think the girl, the... the it's either ca- cha- chained heat or women in, in chains. Uh, that's a she's in that one with Linda Blair, I think. Mm-hmm. She's also nude. She's also got a bit part in uh, the old uh, Richard Burton film Bluebeard for ah. as, a, as a hooker. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, she's in a slasher film, which is a kind of a slasher film. It's called They're Playing with Fire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. And she is very good looking in that one, and mm-hmm. very naked. So, uh, <laughs> hey, I love it. Um, well, one film that I skipped over that uh, I don't that might have been out just around this time. It's a fun film. It's not a horror film, but it is a werewolf film, and I do like it. I still do. I even have the cartoon version of it, but it's Teen Wolf. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, Teen Wolf One, and uh, Teen Wolf Two, which is not Michael J. Fox, but it's yeah. still a good film. So I... those are good ones, and you get to see. Uh, in part two, you get to see a Gomez Adams as the principal, which is great. Oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah. John Aston or whatever his name is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also in 85, of course, Silver Bullet, uh, that same year as Howling 2. Uh, okay. Yep. 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 Because uh, I was going to say Silver Bullet uh, based off uh, Stephen King's Cycle of the Werewolf, yeah. which is a small but very good book with amazing 
Oh yeah, uh, uh, what's his what's his face? It does the art in that. He's just great. He he also did he also did the art for the uh, graphic novel version of Creep Show. Um, okay, which I which I still have somewhere around here. Uh, yeah, I guess the director for Silver Bullet, um, which I never actually knew this. I just saw it a couple days ago or today. I can't remember when I wrote this down. Was a uh, Daniel Addis and the special effects uh, makeup man for that one, which I think the wolf, the werewolf is great. It's just oh, a yeah. very big, stocky, dark werewolf, bipedal, big snout. Love it. Love yeah. it all day. Beats the living crap out of the guy with a baseball bat. Love it. Yeah. Um, I thought very, very good film. And the man who plays, and, I, and I'm gonna, screw, I don't know his name, and it just blanked out. The man who plays the the Reverend uh, is Everett, Everett McGill. Everett McGill. Uh, you know, people under the stairs, and he also played in uh, the We Are uh, Our Fellow Americans and things like that. He's he just in, scary. Yeah, he's also in Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. And he also plays as a special guest appearance, and this is werewolf related, in the 1987 um, TV series Werewolf oh, with really? John J. York and Chuck Connors. He played a he played a boxer okay. on the run in one of the episodes, and and that's the thing I like about watching that those uh, those that that series of of shows because now and again you'll notice people that were in werewolf movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the. Um... That was the series where the guy's a werewolf and he's got the pentagram or whatever and on his hand. He's got the pentagram on his hand, and every time he gets uh, right before he changes, the pentagram starts bleeding. Yeah, yeah, and then so, so he and he does yeah. the typical uh, '80s, early '90s TV show format where he wanders around saving people and stuff. It's just, just like uh, Kung Fu. Uh, I always, <laughs> I always say he's the werewolf Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, Incredible Hulk f- followed the same formula as Kung exactly, Fu. and and it works. It does. If they would have just stayed on par a little bit more to the actual storyline and and didn't do so many, he's gonna save this person randomly and where this person randomly. Honestly, it could have started and closed with a with an end episode, and it, it, it's actually a pretty solid series. And if you if you're from the you know that time period, you're gonna appreciate it because it's totally '80s all the time. Mm-hmm. You, and you know, know what? I I, I kind of wish uh, we had a similar series here in Canada, The Littlest Hobo. I kind of wish The Littlest Hobo was a fucking werewolf. That would have made that show much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a little, everything makes everything more interesting if you were a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Flying Nun would have been awesome uh, <laughs> if she was a werewolf too. Yeah. But there is a female werewolf series. It only ran for about an, a season, maybe like. I don't even want to say two seasons, but it was She-Wolf of London. They finally got a DVD release of it. Um, pretty great. Kate Hodge and Neil Dixon. Um, Kate Hodge, uh, for your horror movie guys out there, was actually the girl in Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. So check that out. Uh, now we're getting into like the 80s, 90s area, which is pretty pretty fun. There's a lot of different werewolf movies coming out in the in this time period. We were talking about a couple of them already. Going to get into just moving on. We're going to get into some the shittiest werewolf movie I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, now you have to watch this one but don't watch it just by itself. Watch it with friends. So watch it on Mystery Science Theater 3000 if you can get a chance. It's called Werewolf. Okay. 1993 I think it came out. Werewolf. Or 1996. All I know is not good but you can watch it on Mystery Science Theater 3000 and and just have fun with everybody while you do it. Because, you know, you can hang out with Crow and everybody. 
That yeah. one might be on the uh, Shout Factory uh, site too because they've got a ton of the uh, Mystery Science Theater on there as well. One from the 80s that I that I I, met, I missed. I actually have the soundtrack, laser discs. I have the whole thing for it. It's a very odd storybook style movie, mm. and it's it can get a little confusing. It's more of the lonely traveler coming in from the night kind of storybook werewolf. Um, it's called Company of Wolves. It's got Angela Lansbury in it from 1984, uh, and it was produced. It was actually directed by Neil Jordan. Mm-hmm. He did uh, The Crying Game and yeah. Amer- uh, Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, I remember, um, I remember uh, I've never watched that one, but I always remember seeing the, the, the it had one of the best VHS covers I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it, it had the little red riding hood kind of thing going on on the cover, but the woman's mouth was opening and you could see this wolf snow coming oh, out the of the Yeah, it's actually a guy. It's actually a yeah, guy's yeah, mouth and the wolf's coming out of his mouth, yep. Like yeah. he peels the wolf pe- comes out and peels the human skin off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. I never even spun, I've never even spun the v, the the LP, but I have it because I've watched the movie. Another one, a great one from the '90s that is very and it's got John Saxon in it, so you have to watch it because oh, nice. it's John Saxon. Uh, it's called My Mom's a Werewolf. Oh yeah. <laughs> Real good fun '80s. Uh, it's either '80s or early '90s. Uh, it's not good, but it's good. You know what I mean? I don't know how to describe that other than it's not good, but it's good. Um, another, I think it was actually Ed Wood who did this one, so we're going to get into Ed Wood territory. Okay. Orgy of the Dead. Oh, yeah, Orgy of the Dead, that's it. Okay, you already know it. So basically, if anyone hasn't watched it, it's strip teases in the middle of bad acting and bad costumes. Oh, God, is it ever terrible in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, un- unfortunately, it's surprisingly easy to fap to. Other oh yeah, than that, yeah. There's not too uh, other <coughs> too much else going on at the same time. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, this isn't a. I'm not trying to make a stout and porter book, so this isn't the be all to end all. <laughs> this isn't the be. This isn't the uh, the ultimate guide to werewolf movie list that I'm saying right now. There's another one that came out in the '90s. I don't know how to describe it. I don't care if she was covered with hair. I do in a second. There is a. Uh, a it's called Blood Moon, and it's a strange. Circus-like environment. It's got Tim Curry in it. He's the ringmaster. Oh, really? Okay. And it's got this girl that basically, you know, they they put fake thinner and stuff because she's got hypertrichosis. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like they put fake claws on her and stuff like that, and they pretend her to be the wolf girl, the wolf girl. But at some point in time, something does come out of her for some reason, and then she actually does turn into a vicious killer. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's pretty interesting, and it's got Tim Curry in it, so it's at least worth a watch. Yeah, and it's got a girl that's basically naked in a cage, going rawr. I'm like, okay, I can get, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, after that, you get into the more of the 2000s. There's a. I noticed like it kind of. You have movies like in the 90s, 93s, Full Eclipse, where it's like a tactical government werewolf thing. Project Metal Beast with Lance Hendrickson, oh, also yeah. about the same time period. Biomechanical Werewolf, which is actually a pretty cool, weird movie. I don't know how to mm-hmm. describe it. If you like the, you know, all the the films Alien tried to spawn by accident. Yeah. If you like those films, you'll like Project Metal Beast. You know, stuff like that. If you can actually sit through Extro Two and 
Metamorphosis. <laughs> and if you can sit through those, you can watch Project Metal Beast. But Full Eclipse is a, is a, is a weird one. It's got basically this SWAT team of mercenaries that are also werewolves. <laughs> Why bother being a mercenary if you can always just turn into a werewolf? I don't know. But Yeah, you think they'd just keep them in a cage and drop them yeah. in the area. But they basically, the, uh, what's going on is while they're being like that, they're trying to actually take over the world a little bit, which I wouldn't know how a small group of werewolves would take over the world that quick. But basically, <laughs> the one guy who's a werewolf has to stop all the other bad guys that are werewolves, and it's a, it's a you know, a fight him up, shoot him up werewolf. Uh, so it's a high concept sort of movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a high concept with low expectations. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you did you ever see Wolf with Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson, Wolf, 1995, right? Uh, 94. 94, okay, yep, I have that on Laserdisc. Yeah, uh, what did you think of that? I didn't like it. I thought it was interesting but boring film, and I like the fact that when Jack Nicholson doesn't shave for a week, that's the werewolf cop. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a real slow film, eh, because he just sort of gradually starts t- changing into a werewolf, you know, like... Mm-hmm every little while, and and, it's, and essentially it's one of those films that was sort of taking advantage of Jack Nicholson playing Jack Nicholson, really. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they get a load of me. Yeah, uh, yeah if, you, if you thought uh, if you thought uh, Witches of Eastwick was a slow-moving film, you'd mm. be amazed how slow this moves. Yeah. You know, but if you like Witches of Eastwick, if you really like, you know, Jack Nicholson playing Jack Nicholson, it's a good film. It's not bad. It's not horrible. It's just one of those ones that, like, I really wish they would have just made him a troll so I wouldn't have to buy it. <laughs> you know, like, just make him a troll. Give him a pimple or something. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Don't call him a werewolf. But, yeah, it, he, it's a werewolf film. It's a, yeah. it's it's just one of those ones is, I'm fucking Jack Nicholson. You're not putting all that shit on me. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I think the, the basically the dialogue went. I'm Jack yeah. Nicholson. I'll play golf all day. Leave me alone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I, cause I, like, um, we were talking, I told him about uh, the Japanese horror film, uh, uh, which is Samurai Werewolf, basically. It's called Kibakichi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched some and of that. I couldn't, I couldn't see Jack Nicholson letting them make him look like that. No, no, he he would. Um, I think I think he probably had it written to his contract after fucking uh, Batman that he was no longer gonna get extensive makeup done. <laughs> exactly. Yes, and I actually forgot to put that one on my list. So thanks for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Another laser disc that I have, which is very, I I have a hard time describing what this creature is. It's called Mom. Mom. Yes, it's almost like a demon. It's kind of like a werewolf. It's hard to describe, but basically this, you know, this stranger just comes in and attacks dear old mom, and the next thing you know, she's eating the homeless guys. And, oh, mom, what are you doing? (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's it's pretty fun, so you can check it out. Simple term, mom. It's got a guy who's ugly as the day is long as the the main bad guy, and I can never remember what his name is. But, uh... I'm trying to remember what his name is, but I just can't seem to uh, to recall what it is. If I try to do anything now, my computer, I'm sure, will freeze up. So I'm not going to even try. Yeah, I'm um, I'm looking at it right now. I see I see the uh, sort of werewolf likeness of the. Uh... Yes. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Byron James. Byron James, ugly as the day is long. Yeah, who was got um, no chin? He's no yeah. chin. It's just not there. Who was he? Was uh, he was one of the, he was like the first replicant you see in uh, Blade Runner there, the one that mm. was getting getting tested to be a rec- replicant or whatever. 
He was also in a, a interesting um, uh, Tales from the Crypt episode where he was a lumberjack owner. He was a owner of a lumberjack company. Oh yeah, and a, and a wife that he was very jealous about people having sex with. Apparently, they don't like that sort of thing. <laughs> I remember that episode. He was a very uh, he killed a lot of guys with axes and stuff, and then they killed him instead. Um, speaking of Tales from the Crypt, there's actually two episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Okay. With one where it's a very cliche kind of hokey good for the kids, which is weird because it's Tales from the Crypt. But uh, it's uh, one where two two people adopt a boy, and they nonstop feed him with sweet candies, cakes <laughs> and stuff like that. And one night they come to get him, and turns out they're vampires, and they want sweet his sweet blood. So he's mm-hmm. chase he's trying to run away, and he end up breaking into the yard at night. Turns out it's a full moon. Turns out he's a werewolf. And then he kills the two vampire people. Yeah. So that's a nice little kiddie movie. I mean, it's pretty kiddie. Um, another good one, which is actually has the lady... Uh, I forget how hot she actually can be. But uh, the lady from um, um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. stuff. Oh, uh, Beverly uh, D'Angelo. Yeah, she's actually pretty hot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forgetting that she's that hot. But she's in that one. And actually, the... Um, he played James Bond, and he was also in uh, Timothy Dalton. It's Timothy Dalton and Beverly D'Angelo in uh, The Werewolf Crescendo, which is actually a pretty interesting... No real tits or anything like that, which is really sad because she is pretty good looking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but very good. So Tales of the Crypt even got into the werewolf spirit, which is nice to see. Um, one film that I'm just going to go right back quick and just say is Monster Squad. Oh, yeah, Monster Squad. You can't definitely. go wrong with Monster Squad. It's like... It's like a teen. It's like a kids movie, but for teenagers. I don't know how to describe it. It's not exactly kiddie. Yeah, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit. Of a, it's a bit of a hybrid because I mean, it it, it it's sort of got that Goonies thing going on. With, yeah. With the kid protagonist and the friendly Frankenstein's monster and all that shit, and then you got um, that werewolf ripping people to shreds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got that gory part where the werewolf is blown to pieces and then the pieces come back together. Um, and you kick him right in the nards. Yeah, and the werewolf's got nards. Uh, and it also has, um, like, it feels like a kitty movie, but then you have the scene where you see Dracula open up his closet door or whatever, and he's got, like, three young young teenage girls ready to <laughs> ready to feast yeah, on and shit. Exactly, yeah. and uh, the coolest Gilman costume ever. Oh, yeah, definitely. The badass. That, uh, if, if they could, they could make a... F- uh, if they could reunite a uh, uh, creature from the Black Lagoon, they need to get a hold of that costume. Yeah, I mean, because they, they didn't do with anything with him in the film. He just took like a shotgun to the fucking chest and died. Yeah, he and, came out of the sewer, grabbed people by the head, crushed it once, and then got shot and then did. Yeah, and the only the only other monster they treated like more of a bitch in that film was the fucking mummy. <laughs> yeah, they did treat him pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> and they should. Yeah, because. <laughs> Oops! I went through the whole time without swearing once, and there it goes. I said the oh, F word. Well. But yeah, that was—it's a real fun film, and and actually, it's it's pretty badass, honestly. Yeah, it is. I I really enjoy. It. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into more of the, uh, you know, whatever you call you kids like to call new films. Right before we jump into that, we're gonna go with uh, Bad Moon. Yeah, I still haven't watched that one, but... 1996, it was directed by um, Eric Red. Eric Reed or Eric Red, Mm -hmm. and he actually did Hitchhiker. Okay. And Body Parts. 
Oh yeah, okay. Is, I remember, which is actually thinking about those two films, I can see his handiwork in Bad Moon. Actually, um, Bad Moon is actually based off a, a novel called Thor. Thor is actually the name of the dog in the film. So yeah, oh yeah, pretty... yeah. That's yeah, that's one because um, oh maybe I have seen this one. It, the the guy he he comes visits his sister. Yeah, comes and visits his sister after yeah. being in an Amazonian jungle. Where there was a werewolf attack, and basically just blew the werewolf's head off with a shotgun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the dog knows he's a werewolf. And yeah, the dog knows. Yeah, and yeah. it keeps on like the guy keeps on being an antagonist the whole time and starts peeing on the dog stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I mean, like, so I mean, it's pretty good, and and it's actually a, it's like, and and that's actually I think is the same kid who played Dennis the Menace. Now we're getting into uh, actually Blood Moon was from two thousand one, the one with uh, Tim Curry. So I just okay. thought I'd let you know there. So we're into the 2000s now. You're going to have to help me a little bit with some of these because okay. I actually haven't watched them. I own them, and I haven't watched them. And if I have watched them, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> uh, one that I know that you, you, you we've talked about before where he's more like a smart-ass werewolf mm-hmm. is Big Bad Wolf. Yeah, 2006, yeah. Um, yeah, 2006. That, that one's not so much a werewolf movie as it is more of a putting a werewolf in the sort of Freddy Krueger role where, you know, he's making puns and and uh, joking about killing people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So in, in that regards, like, if you're going into it for, like, a real authentic werewolf movie, it's not really that. It's more like a just a slasher movie with a werewolf in it. The, uh, the, one, the one movie that I can say that if you guys uh, want more, after you watch Big Mad Wolf, if you want more of a traditional werewolf movie, but you don't mind... Excuse me. You don't mind the um, look of that werewolf, let's just say. You could watch a film called Beast of Bray Road. Okay. Uh, that one is, let's just call it lied. Let's poetic uh, license or whatever, literary license. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, There's a book out you can buy called Beast of Bray Road by Linda Godfrey. It's not a work of fiction. It's a work of nonfiction. She's a publicist. She was mm-hmm. a journalist, and she publicizes, uh, or she was researching these uh, sightings of this bipedal, strange, wolf-like creatures that he, they see get seen near Elkhorn, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. or in, and surrounding areas. So she's like basically been compiling these weird stories from anyone from game officials to you know rednecks, you know, and you know, you know what rednecks do, yeah. and uh, <laughs> things like that. And uh, she wrote a book about it. Beast of Bray Road. They took that and made a movie about it. Just made it a giant werewolf that kills everybody. So, I, actually, you know I, mean? I actually watched that. Uh, I think I watched that on YouTube, actually. Mm-hmm. And they, they even play it now and again. I guess they play it on sci-fi, which mm-hmm. I don't even know how you spell sci-fi anymore. S-Y-F-Y, which is just yeah, silly. Fuck just silly. silly. C-Fi. C-Fi, um, yeah. <laughs> C-Fee. You got a couple different ones coming out. If you guys... Uh, I, um, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there that listen to this appreciate the Friday the 13th series. Part 7 bring, brought Kane Hodder into the play as Jason. Well, Kane Hodder is also in a werewolf movie. And oh. it's called Dark Wolf. came out in 2003. Okay. And you get to see Kane Hodder basically as Kane Hodder at a, a certain stint in the movie. And he says one line in the whole movie. <laughs> Technically, you could call it two lines. Where's the bitch? The girl from the diner. That's it. You're done. 
<laughs> so he still spoke more than Jason did. Yeah. So, well. <laughs> you know, wean him into it slow. Wean him into it slow. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, Dark Wolf, you get to see just like a just a uh, more schlocky, but just don't talk too much, beat the crap out of everybody, and run away from a big werewolf kind of a f- film. Yeah, okay. It see the thing is a lot of these films full fullest clips, Dark Wolf, a lot of these things, even Dog Soldiers at times, things like that, cursed, they 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 lose a little bit of what I consider makes a good werewolf movie, which is the unknown, the suspense, the quiet, the mm-hmm. sneaky, you know, it, you lose a little bit of that nuance that some of these great films did have in them. Yeah. There's a little bit of that missing. Yeah, but, well, I'll I'll say that for Dog Soldiers, there's not a lot of suspense in that film. Like it, it's pretty much a straight up action film for the most part. Like it, it pretty much gets right into it. Like there's an opening kill, then there's a little bit of stuff of the soldiers, and then it just starts going into fucking werewolves hunting people down. And yeah, I always always like to say that it's like Predator with werewolves. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty. But good. But it's a great film. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There, there was another one made. Uh, I think it's the same guy who designed the, the werewolves in Dog Soldiers. It's called Wild Country from 2005. Yep, Wild Country, which is a Scottish film. I, that's <laughs> on my list. Yep, yep, that's. The, I have that. I have that film. I just actually never watched it. Yeah, uh, the werewolves in it are a bit different. They're more. Yeah, um, I always thought they were more a little bit more bear-like and bipedal or quadrupeds at some point in time. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, there's another horrible one. It's Eyes of the Werewolf. So if you want to watch some horror films, just go over there. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's just horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Feeding. There's another horrible. There's another one called Huntress. Horrible. Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a slew of these films out here that we're not going to talk about because there's just no point in taking the time. Uh, we did talk about uh, Kibakichi. If you guys mm-hmm. do enjoy those uh, samurai films of fighting and, and the more... Uh, was it? Um, there's a word for demons in in J- Japanese myth. Uh, if you like those kind of things, and uh, definitely check that one out because it's just filled with all this nuance that you won't find in other films. Yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, so just under that, we're 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 kind of wrapping it up with yeah. me. Uh, Dog soldiers. I I just wanted you to talk about dog soldiers a little bit if you could. Mm-hmm. More so um, than we already did. If I. I love that film. Uh, it's just, it was like the freshest take I'd seen on were- in a werewolf film for quite a while. Uh, gra- granted, I haven't watched as many werewolf films as you did, so when I did first watch it, I was, you know, I wasn't expecting shit. I, I thought it was going to suck. Um, but I was watching, I was like, wow, they're really taking it serious. Like, they're they're making these werewolves serious fucking badasses, like real scary monsters again. And I just love the way they look. I think they're my favorite film, Werewolf, just how tall and bipedal they are, but then mm-hmm. they still got the wolf face, you know? Uh, they and actually I, remind me of Collies a little bit for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and and I like, I just like the, uh, I like the soldiers too. I thought they were all pretty, there was, there was a lot of good actors in there, like uh, the guy who plays the squad leader or whatever is, uh, the third Doctor Who's son, uh, uh, Sean Petrie or whatever his name is, he's a really good actor. I think uh, uh, Dog Soldiers just has that kind of vibe, almost like Ravenous. I know you guys who watch this uh, show know about Ravenous. They did it already. Mm-hmm. You have a feeling for everyone in the group. Yeah. A, everyone has an emotion and everyone has a backstory and everyone has a, a personality. And they're all individuals, and you get a chance to sit down and see who everyone is, and you actually remember who they are. Yeah, 
And you care and, when they get fucking killed. That's it's yeah. that's the thing. I that you miss with a lot of these other werewolf movies. Everyone's just a victim who gives a shit. Yeah, the only throwaway characters are the basically the opening two victims and then yeah. the start of the film. And everyone else actually has a real meat to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really like that. Um that's probably it's probably my favorite werewolf film too to some degree. Um The only thing that I was thinking about and I was just thinking about it a few days ago when they got into the cabin and took every everyone um he was told to secure the area. Mm-hmm. Because they're military guys. Wouldn't you look in the basement? Yeah, you think they would. Uh, you think they would have looked in the basement and saw all the hanging up people that were smoked and salted? And <laughs> you think you would? Yeah, and well, wait. I th- I think they uh, they they stumbled upon the basement by mistake though, like just because it was oh, concealed. Really? Yeah, it oh, was it was, the, it was the trap. That's right. It was a trap door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Although. Um, it makes me think, considering the movie does have a lot in common with Night of the Living Dead, where, you know, you got all the people trapped in the house, um, mm-hmm. you think they would have uh, learned from that and done the same thing that they should have done in Night of the Living Dead and go upstairs. Easy, and, Mr. Cooper. Yeah. You could just go in the basement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the the joke of that movie was that Cooper, even though he was the bigoted asshole, he was actually he was right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... Um, but yeah, like that. I think it would have been easier to defend the house up there. There would have been less entry points, and if any of the werewolves tried to come up the stairs, you could, you know, either knock out the stairs or just. And that's sh- exactly what they did. They tried to climb up the yeah. climb up the side of the building, got into the thing, then just shot them right out of the place. Yeah, I mean, hell of a good movie. I oh, yeah. probably it's it, if you like werewolf movies, it's gonna be in your top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. I know it's not maybe traditional or this or that or whatever, but. Out of films go, it's one of the ones that that definitely, definitely just put into anybody's top five for horror movies. Yeah, and it, and like you were saying with the Universal Werewolf uh, films, where they almost always had that sort of creepy atmosphere to them, with you know the dead trees and the fog and shit. Like this is out in like the middle of fucking nowhere, um, mm-hmm. and you know there there is it is kind of creepy, like the idea of this maybe family of werewolves just sort of. Uh, living out in in the middle of nowhere and just hunting, uh, you know, travelers, hikers, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty. The only good. thing I don't know if they ever actually thought they were gonna do that or not. But when she said that uh, that uh, they you know they hunt as a pack somewhere in the somewhere safe, secure, and warm, and they mm-hmm. looked out to the shed. They actually did the shot between her thighs. And I'm like, <laughs> warm. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. What? Oh, what are you saying? Warm? What? <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if they did that on purpose. That might have been a nice little in joke. Yeah, you could have yeah. been. Um, uh, Maybe I'm just a pervert. Yeah. Or. I thought Cursed wasn't all that great. Um, I mean, yeah, Cursed you, was uh, pretty horrible. I've never seen a werewolf give the finger before. Yeah, that was. It, it was one. a bit of. It was a bit of satire that I thought was unappreciated. Yeah, and they they sort me. of they sort of they sort of equated that one with like sexually transmitted diseases and stuff like yeah. that. Um, basically the same thing as, you know, the Ginger Snap series, you know, yeah, only, that one women, was... only women can become werewolves. Okay, if only women can become werewolves, how is there one male werewolf? Okay, you just ruined that for me. And yeah. the thing, it just looks like a giant hairless rat. It doesn't look like a werewolf to me. Yeah. Um, so the Ginger Snaps, I own Ginger Snaps 1, and I hated it, and I never bought any other any other ones. I don't know if you probably... I know my, my friend Rick, Rick, Rich, 
from Vancouver loves the Ginger Snap Girls because they're both hot. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine, Catherine Isabel is mm-hmm. smoking. Um, but I, I like the first one. Okay. Uh, I I I actually appreciated the sort of uh different take on the whole werewolf myth, but part two just kind of sucked really bad. Like she's in a uh, mental institution, and she's taken like uh, Wolf Spain or something like that to hold back the werewolf disease, hmm. and she's seeing like a ghostly vision of her sister that she killed in the original, right? And then part three is just sort of a reboot of the series in a way because it goes back to like the 1800s or something with just two characters that look like the main two girls mm-hmm. in the first first film, and oh, they're right. not, yeah, and they're they're. Uh, I guess part three is a little bit better, but um, yeah, I think Ginger Snaps, the first one's the only one really worth owning if you want to own any from that series. Yeah. The new ones that I know that are out right now is, uh, here's three in a row. Um, I want you to talk about them because two you might not have seen, but I know you saw the one. Uh, Werewolf, The Beast Among Us. I, I watched I watched that on Netflix. Yeah, pretty interesting. You know, I uh, can't get past the... Breath of characters that they have randomly. Too, but too many people, and it was too many people. You know what? I fell asleep halfway through it. Mm-hmm. I had to. I had to rewatch it, and it still kind of bored me quite a bit. Then they're supposed to be in some kind of older time period, yet they have flamethrowers and stuff. And yeah, uh, because they're all sort of Van Helsing type fucking werewolf hunters, you know, from that uh, fucking uh, Hugh Jackman Van Helsing movie, where right. you know they they have all these fucking contraptions and shit that they would never ever fucking have. Yeah, and the, the horrible CGI Van Helsing movie that basically made me the werewolf look like a retard the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a bad movie. I have the poster for that, the drawn, hand-drawn poster where the werewolf looks awesome, but in the film yeah. the werewolf looks like shit. But yeah, basically you're absolutely right. The werewolf, the Van Helsing characters from all over the world kind of combining together to fight this werewolf. Mm-hmm. And not doing a good job at it. Either. No, no, they they just they <laughs> they're a bunch of you, you, they're supposed to be these badass hunters, and most of them are just bitches. Like yeah, bitches. Yeah. Now going right on back to the same road, there's uh, Red Werewolf Hunter. Okay, I haven't seen that. So you should see it because her name is Red. So obviously she's got a red head, and okay. that's good enough to watch. Yeah, well. Uh, same thing is there's a uh, there's werewolves in the woods all over. There's actually uh, it's actually not that bad of a movie. The werewolves are basically taking over towns and killing people. Okay. And it's a very modern setting, so they actually have to go and find these werewolves that are like held up in towns and stuff and kill them. And that's basically it's like a love a love story where you're like oh I'm trying I never didn't actually tell my boyfriend or my fiance what I do. Or who we are, and then he finds out, and then blah 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 blah, you know, <laughs> something. Yeah. You look, I'm telling you, if I ever get with a girl, I'm be like, by the way, I hunt werewolves. Just tell me, just let's let it out. Yeah, just just let it out because you know that's not a secret you want to learn down the road when there's a yeah. werewolf banging on your fucking door. What the hell? Well, this is what I do. Well, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other one that I was going to let, um, you know, is the one did you talk about, because I know you probably have a little bit more than I do, is uh, Cabin in the Woods, which does have a werewolf in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got every conceivable movie monster you can think of in it. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, I know I know the movie got sort of, it sort of fell into that, oh, it's overhyped bullshit, so you shouldn't watch it kind of thing. 
And I went into it with that sort of cloud over it, thinking, okay, I'm probably not going to like this. But it actually flips the entire sort of horror movie genre on its head, and it's it's more about us as horror movie fans and like what how we watch horror movies and what we like in horror movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the real big set piece in the film, of course, is when they go into the fucking underground uh, facility that houses all these fucking monsters. And the whole idea is is that these kids, they go to the cabin, and it's a setup as a ritual to sacrifice uh, to this uh, some sort of Lovecraftian god. And basically what they do is they go down to the basement of the cabin, and they choose from different items in the basement. And depending on what they choose, that brings whatever sort of monster to start picking them off and everything. And they always get picked off in sort of the stereotypical ways. Like you get the jock, the nerd, the stoner, the slut, all those characters. And they Mm -hmm. sort of fill those roles in a ritual sort of sense. And... um, it was actually a very smartly written movie. Uh, I was actually generally impressed with it. I just wish there was more stuff in the facility down the bottom where you could see more of the monsters because uh, they are all CGI, so that's kind of a... For the most part, they're all CGI. So that kind of sucks because they have a couple of big scenes where these monsters are all exploding out of like elevator doors and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a little bit of a wreak havoc bedlam moment. Mm-hmm. And and I I'd like to see like what's going on. Instead, it sort of reminded me of the Transformer films where you can't follow the action at all, because um, the Transformers are these big fucking messes of a machine that just take up the entire fucking screen, and you can't see what's going on. But um, yeah, there's a werewolf in it. Uh, there's all kinds of other monsters in it. Uh, the werewolf, you know, it just looks like a werewolf. Kind of, kind of looks like the um, more on the dog soldiers. Yeah, he actually, it's basically like a good, good like playoff the dog soldier style werewolf. Yeah, it's actually a and, pretty good werewolf overall. Yeah. and it, it's and like I said, it's a decent movie. It's actually worth watching. It's uh, it's for horror film nerds, is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So and but Sigourney yeah. Weaver's in it, but she's not in her panties. But I'm sure she has panties on. But it'd be better mm-hmm. if she did. If yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, she's always uh, better when she's uh, less restricted. Exactly. Yep. So it's, and uh, and it's just a weird ending. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't well, know. It's kind of weird though. At the same time, it's like, look, if we don't do this, the world's gonna end. Well, fuck mm-hmm. you. I don't care. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Really. She, she. She's. You know. She's kind of. Making the wrong decision there. You know? Yeah, yeah. She's. It's. It actually. It's got a good play about how the the generation we live now is completely selfish and it doesn't matter as mm-hmm. long as they get their Gucci shoes. I don't care how many kids have to die. Yeah, like that um, kind of a- attitude. So, but it it is it is a fun movie. I, I wish they hadn't shown the big giant hand of the god thing that comes up and you know when just just as it's starting to arrive to destroy the world. Um, because you know, if it's HP Lovecraft kind of, I want tentacles, damn it. Yeah, if the, if it's that sort of idea, it should be tentacles or yeah, a claw, should... like bone claws coming up with big Cthulhu wings and tentacles. That's I want this shit going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, oh yeah, my so that... god, how do you stop it? <laughs> and then Bruce Campbell will come out, and then it's, uh, it's really Bruce Campbell versus Cthulhu would be a great film. They should do that yeah. before he gets too old. <laughs> yep, that's true. Um, other than that, uh, I got uh, um, just the there's a there's a man, Paul Paul Nashe. He's a yep. Spanish uh, Spanish horror enthusiast. He was growing up in Spain, actually watching pirated 
films. Uh, the horror you weren't actually, I guess, a lot allowed to really watch horror films too much yeah. back then because of the fact it was coming from America, going through a very bad part in Spanish. Uh, well, that was pol- that was politics. That, yeah, that was Franco uh, Spain, wasn't it? Fascist yeah, Spain. It was fascist Spain. So uh, he was getting getting allowed to go to these uh, screenings of the horror, the Universal films and stuff, and and after that kind of uh, dissolved. He was left into a Spain where there was no. Well, you were allowed to do whatever you wanted now, but there was no horror genre. There was mm-hmm. nothing, and he grew up, you know, loving these films. So then he basically kind of uh, trotted his own path and created the homage films to the to the greats of of Universal horror. So I mean. Yeah. They're good. They're not well done. I don't know how to describe them to the conventional guys who like still let's you know Cabin in the Woods. I mean, if you want to watch that quality of movie, you're not going to go back and watch these and be like, oh wow, that's that's just as good as Jaws. I mean, like, it's not it's not that. But yeah, a lot yeah a lot of these ones have cheap sets, uh, cheap effects, um, and they. He 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 liberally peppers most of his uh, films with a lot of gore and a lot of nudity. <laughs> and a lot, he, he he realizes people are there for the blood, and he realizes Spanish chicks are kind of hot. Yeah, and I love that. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a pretty well done stuff. And he actually the one time, if you like the Japanese stuff again, he actually goes to Japan and Beast of the Magic Sword and fights uh-huh. samurai ghosts and stuff, and it's pretty good. It's a pretty good <laughs> film. Uh, probably one of my favorite ones from him is Curse of the Devil, and there's one called. Uh, you can get this on a dollar. The you know films for a dollar, those kind of things. It's it's a uh, werewolf versus vampire woman. Yeah, that's uh, 1971. I think one, that yeah, one is. 1971, and you can't see a lot of times the the film quality is pretty bad. I mean, mm-hmm. but they had no money back then. I mean, that's just the way it was. Um, but overall, I like the voiceovers. The English voiceovers are actually really well done. They're not—they're not stupid, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It actually adds a nice little depth to the film. Um, they do everything on the Night of Valpurgis and stuff. If you get the look, the more um, Euro-German uh, influence of the of the of the occultism in there, you can actually get a sense of. It's nice. Uh, they go to the crossroads, and and I love the old occultism that they that Europe provides. Yeah, yeah. And you feel that in a lot of his films that he has. And yeah. uh, he never does the stereotypical, ow, look, a werewolf. Oh, I'm bit. <laughs> oh, now I'm a werewolf. It's never like that. It's always they resurrect Satan to curse a wolf skull, and then yeah. the gypsy stabs him with the wolf skull. It's always like things like that that that, uh, that turn him into the werewolf. So it's, it's pre-sealed mocked kind of ideals. Yeah. So uh, I've only good. seen a couple of his werewolf films. I know you've probably seen almost all of them. I've seen a no. good good amount of them. I've, yeah. I've seen, I, I probably saw eight of them, probably. Yeah, because I've seen Werewolf vs. Vampire Women. I, I have that on one of my cheap sets. Yeah, there's, uh, there's uh, actually, it's uh, Dr. Jekyll vs. Mm-hmm. the Werewolf. Uh, yeah. Werewolf vs. Yeti, which is also Night of, Night of the Howling Beast, is that one's title. Too. It's a pretty <laughs> good movie. Uh, uh, Frankenstein's Bloody Terror... Uh, Dracula's Great Loves. No, he plays Dracula in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beast of the Magic Sword. I'm trying to think of a couple different other ones. He's got about six or seven. Then yeah, I, I, 
I saw one of his last ones, which wasn't very good. Return uh, of the Werewolf. Oh yeah, like I Tomb actually. Tomb of the Werewolf. Tomb of the Werewolf is horrible in every sense yeah. of the term. I'm really glad there's a lot of very badly acting women that are perfectly fine to get naked, because mm-hmm. that's the only good thing about that movie is the nudity. And honestly, they're not even that good looking. Yeah, that has um, 80s sex comedy slash scream queen uh, Michelle uh, Bauer. I think in in as uh, as uh, as the main girl. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. And, and mean, by that by that time she was in her forties or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but that's all. I mean, that she actually is the best thing about that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's actually um, a pretty good actress. So. Yeah. The, unfortunately, they try to make uh, a Nashe seem a lot younger than he really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nashe has a breadth of films, though. He can't. Uh, a lot of people can size him as the werewolf guy, uh, mm-hmm. Valdemar Daninsky. But he plays Panic Beats, House of Psychotic Women, Dracula's Great Love. Um, there is another one called Fury of the Wolfman that he does where he, it's basically like science, science, you know, trying to cure him but harness his werewolfism and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. there's a lot of different uh, Nashe films out there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because of the fact uh, that he was going through a very small market, we don't ever get to see as many as he made, if you know what I mean. yeah. He even did a couple of giallos, but unfortunately, um, they're very few and far between to try to actually get to see. Mm. Uh, I, I've I've never got a chance to see. I know some people have, but I've never been able to actually see any of the giallo films. But I'm a big giallo fan too. I have grown a appreciation for those styles. Yeah, so um, Paul Nashe is definitely one of the ones that a lot of people don't even know existed. But if you if you do are are a fan, you're a big fan. Yeah. Um. Anyone who's interested in Paul Nashe, uh, just look him up uh, on Wikipedia. Paul, uh, N-A-S-C-H-Y, his last name. Um, you'll see a pretty goddamn extensive rundown of his uh, filmography. Like, uh, they, they give you the year it was released, directing. Um, they t- generally tell you if it's in Spanish or not, or what language it's in. And they, they tell you about the ones that have never been shown in the U.S., basically run down alternate titles and everything. Like, it's pretty extensive, so... His son released a book after his death in 2009, a cataloged book called, uh, I think it's called Good Night, Mr. Lobo, or Good Night, uh, uh, Mr. Werewolf. And I, it's heard a, that, I heard that's really good. I have it, and uh, it's a beautiful book. It's it's really well done. Beautiful shots of uh, photo shoot shots and stuff from every single film that he has cataloged in there. And it just shows you the breadth of what he's done, and it's just yeah. like, wow. I hear it's really good for even uh, if you're not familiar with Nashe at all, and you're just a f- you're just a big fan of like uh, Euro uh, exploitation and horror cinema and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I heard it's pretty good for that, just to mm-hmm. get all the juicy details and things. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the thing about Nashe films that I like, uh, obviously, maybe he directed them, maybe he didn't, maybe this or this or different film companies. They're all made in the same um, Chinese way, I like to say. And when mm-hmm. I talk about Jap- Jackie Chan films, uh, he always says, he's like, you know, in America, you get $300,000 to make a, you know, $3 million or $30 million to get to make a movie. In Japan and China, we'll make 300 movies for that price. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, <laughs> because... Oh, it it takes little less than a million dollars to make a movie in China, but you'll make one movie for thirty million dollars, and that's how you can see the they're almost hammer. I, he always says he is a homage to Universal, but if you look at the the filmography, I always say it's almost a homage to the Hammer kind of style or yeah. the Amicus, you know that kind of thing. 
Yeah, it's very very close. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of those films uh, from uh, Italy and Spain, especially in in that sort of era where they were really pumping out films all the time. They they're basically exactly doing the same thing. Um, uh, Shaw Brothers and Golden Harvest were doing in uh, China, uh, right. where they just they were just pumping out film after film, using the same directors, cast, uh, produ- production company, everything, all just just pop, pumping out one film after another. Like as yeah. soon as they finished one, they'd be on another film. So yeah, and don't delineate. Use the same. If it worked once, do it again. Mm-hmm. Just keep yeah. keep going. And then and and they're all they all have their own nuances. They all have their own qualities and. They're definitely something to check out, and yeah. uh, if you if you like horror, if you like that, definitely check those films out, and the Golden Harvest films as well. Yeah. Uh, actually, I can't remember who made uh, the one film that we should all check out, and I think Golden Harvest had a hand in. I think it was that Legend of the Golden Vampire. Oh, uh, that was that was that was Shaw and Hammer. It was Shaw and Hammer. Okay, yeah, seven, yeah. the Seven Golden Vampires or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. That's you have to you have to you have to have to check that out. That's a pretty fun. Yeah. film. it's not a it's not a werewolf film. I shouldn't even mention it, but it's a good film. Yeah, it's the uh, last Hammer vampire <laughs> film. Uh, after, well, before they started doing the lesbian vampire stuff. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the only the other one that I can say uh, to wrap this film, this this episode up from my aspect before we start doing the bullshitting, which I I think is the best part, uh, <laughs> is uh, the remake of The Wolfman. Is mm-hmm. basically you take a great film, you name it something, but the thing you named it after has three names in the film that is reminiscent of the old film, and everything else is completely different. Yeah, uh, and it, it's a good film. It really is. I I ex- I went into there expecting cheesy crap and overdone CGI bull crap, but it's actually a pretty good done, well done film. It has nothing to do with the original Wolfman, and they should have named it something else except for a clickbait or whatever the mm-hmm. the, 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 the hip term to say is. You know, something just use use something everyone can see, know, and is simple, so that'll draw them in. They should actually use a different title. Yeah, um, I think, I think the, like that that movie was plagued with production problems. Uh, mm-hmm. They, I guess, I think they had a bunch of rewrites and shit like that going on. But um, I mean, as good uh, actors uh, Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins are, they really played their parts weird, like just kind of weird, weird choices for their acting. I think, which mm-hmm. didn't quite work for me all that well. Um, mm-hmm. But the film overall, it's it's actually pretty decent. It's it's considering all the handicaps it had going against it. Um, right. It's actually pretty good. No, it is. It really is. And, and I mean, I mean, they have that werewolf doing things that even though I know the werewolf's a big, you know, werewolf. I mean, it it messes people up with like one swipe. It like mm-hmm. cuts them in half and stuff. Like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a little overboard. I mean, I guess. Today's uh, audience can only see people being blown up with just a, uh, you know a sparkler. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, maybe that's maybe that's their mentality anymore. They can't take anything that is just a simple. I don't know. I just it, it seemed a little overdone to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like my steaks like like I like my films raw. I mean raw. Yeah, uh, that might have even been like a last minute decision for them. It was like let's up these effects a bit because we're kind of weak on other areas in the film. So right. But uh, yeah, so I guess we could probably wrap the episode up at least. Uh, we, well, we kind of started it with the Wolfman, ended it with the Wolfman a little yeah. bit, kind of full yeah. circle, uh, like the cycle of the fucking moon or something. Exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, that is uh, pretty spooky. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. But anyway, um, it was really great to have you have me on here and to talk about some werewolf movies. They are my favorite uh, genre of movie, I guess. The style, the monster, uh, the myth, the lore, the legend, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't talk too much. I hope I didn't. Oh no, no, uh, no. This was uh, this was good. It was actually. I'm sure it'll be uh, pretty educational for some of the people listening. It was definitely educational for me. So, yeah, there's a lot of films out there we didn't cover that's on my list that I just kind of like skipped over a little bit because of the simple fact it's like you know we don't have all damn night, mm-hmm. but uh, we got most of them. So definitely check them out. And the more the one thing that I found being a horror movie fan or a werewolf movie fan is the more you dig, the more you find. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, guys. So uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, There'll be a little thing, uh, I keep reminding people this, but they'll probably be used to it by the time they listen to this episode. Um, Got a little thing that runs in the, in the the right after the episode ends now, um, telling you where you can find all of our shit. So you can find Paul's stuff, and you can find me and Daniel's stuff, and you, can, you, you can leave comments and all that, all that garbage and tell us how much we suck or how much we're awesome and you want to throw naked women at us, whichever Naked one. women! Yeah. Um, and... The only thing I could say is probably by the time they hear this, it'll be into the April, so you guys have a great holiday. Mm-hmm. It will be, um, yeah, it will be April, yeah. So is there anything you would want to go out on music-wise there, Paul? Well, yes. We're going to go out on Babbles, uh, The Howling from, uh, uh, I think that's the name of the title. It's actually the main song that you'll hear in Howling 2, My Sister's a Werewolf from 19... 19- 85, I believe. Cool. <laughs> Alright, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. See ya.
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For our other episodes, links to Daniel, Paul, and Lee's other stuff, and links to some great podcasts of similar interest, visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. There you can leave us comments on the site or directly email us. We listen and respond to everything. Thank you. Drive through.